Hello and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who they are on a path of feminine and masculine reunification. I'm your host, Sarah Poet. Women are healing from outdated paradigms and we are rising, but we're not doing it by fighting or further depleting ourselves anymore. We do it by remembering who we are and standing in that unified truth. Here, we remember together through stories, tools, and curiosity. And in doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. We infuse the sacred with logic, soul with spirit. We heal, embody, and activate a new feminine leadership. Listen, learn more, and work with me at sarahpoet.com. Now, let's begin. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining. This is the final episode for season three of the Sacred Remembering Podcast, and I am closing it out with a dear soul sister of mine, Sarah Brianne Grady. Um, Sarah was a guest on my podcast before, and goodness me, I don't know what episode. Oh, episode 12. I just looked at my notes episode 12. And I re-listened to that episode before we recorded this one. And I'm telling you what, it's also still gold. You can go back and listen to episode 12 with Sarah Grady. And we talk a lot about women's embodiment. And this conversation, I I love it so much because Sarah's one of those friends that um, we leave WhatsApp messages for one another, but we rarely get the time to really like sit down and talk for an hour or two hours and dive deep. And um, deep is the only way we dive. And so um, this conversation is two friends really having a conversation about things that matter. And we're going to talk about Sarah's work with the seven sacraments of the goddess. Uh, we talk a lot about energetics and the path of women uh, yes, awakening, but also coming back to their own sovereignty and to their own heart. Uh, so if you've been listening to episodes that I've uh, recorded recently on women's path back to themselves and back to union, union with masculine, union with God, I mean, season three has been so full of those episodes. So if you've been listening, this is a really wonderful um, way to top that all So welcome, welcome, welcome. And um, I am traveling next week, so there will likely not be an episode next week, but I am really, I'm coming back for season four right away. And it's going to be a lot of conversations um, with me and a lot of teachings actually, because I'm building out uh, a membership. Um, Oh, I'm going to talk about this for a little bit because uh, I've been listening to the divine nods and directions about what this is going to be. And so I want to share with you um, what I'm getting in terms of what is coming. It's important to know. So yeah, I'm building a membership, but I don't really love the word membership. So I've been listening about what, what is this? And yes, there's going to be um, a monthly, a very affordable monthly membership, but then there's all of this, um, material inside. My new website is coming. I've been (laughs) talking about that because I thought it would be here by now, but it's okay. Um, And it's being built. And so 
there's all this material that I've been building over the last three years about women's voices, about sovereignty, energetic sovereignty, energetic tools, most recently um, prosperity teachings. And I'm putting this inside of this space and we're going to have bi-weekly calls for everyone who does the monthly membership. Um, but these calls are going to be like council space, which is a really sacred word. I'll come back and talk about that um, in another episode. But for a long time, I've been creating these spaces like Facebook groups and um, various spaces where I'm asking women to share their truths. And we do this on this podcast and we model this on this podcast and we dive deep inside of the, um, you know, the mastermind containers and the women's group containers that I have. But for the public, like for, for those of you who have been listening and who want to claim your own voice and want community and counsel with women, because counsel you can hear is a much more sacred word than membership, (laughs) right? And community is a more sacred word. Um, But counsel really allows you to bring the truth of who you are into a space and be met in that truth um, in a very, very sacred way. And so I'm very excited to open up this opportunity to much more women um, than have uh, participated in my smaller groups and you know, some, sometimes that's cost. Sometimes, sometimes I hear I'm intimidating y'all. Sometimes I hear that. Could you even imagine? Yes, I think, um, I can be because I can be so direct and deep diving. However, I'm heart centered y'all. I really, really am. (laughs) I've worked really hard on that (laughs) actually as a projector and, uh, yeah, my personality can be a little intimidating. So I totally own that, but I ensure you, uh, assure you that it is incredibly safe here. Um, and I'm going to travel with you in exactly the places that, uh, that you are. And so it is my honor, like it is all love based. And so um, this is a love offering this upcoming membership, this upcoming council, the name has not quite landed, but that's okay. We're we're working in progress over here. So the exciting news is that Sarah Grady is recording an embodiment series for this membership. So this gorgeous woman that you're going to hear today, um, follow her on Instagram. She's doing embodiment. Um, yes, teachings, but also just living by example over there on Instagram. <laughs> and it's so inspiring. But she is actually going to have a series, an embodiment series inside of this membership. So if you are not on my email list, sarahpoet.com, you can sign up today. And um, you'll also receive this 77 page ebook when you sign up for my email list that is a guide of feminine reclamation back to unity, unity within, unity with the divine. Um, And so welcome, welcome to the space. I've got all kinds of things coming for you and be sure to be connected on the email list at sarahpoet.com because that membership is coming this summer. Okay. I'm going to launch it for a small group first and get it rolling and then open it up to more. And I'm very, very excited about this. I love what happens in sacred space with women. I absolutely love it. 
So speaking of which, one more announcement. Um, You've been hearing me talk about it, but it is getting juicier and juicier all the time. The Fall in Love with the King uh, program is coming. It's a mystery school. Yes, teacher in me, former teacher in me, present day teacher in me (laughs) has a lesson plan. You can see that website again by going to sarahpoet.com and following the links on the homepage to the fall in love with the king description. So there is a framework, right? Because we love how the masculine holds a framework and a structure. Um, So we're going to be working with that structure, but then we are also deep in the mystery. So this is a soul opportunity, a soul level alchemical opportunities. So this is a, uh, a sacred space, a mystery school, a place to get parts of you back. Okay. So we have been fragmented around things that have happened, uh, in patriarchy and power over things that have happened in relation to men. Sarah and I referenced this in today's episode. Um, and in fall in love with the King, we are calling those parts back and receiving them back. Um, also as a mystic and, uh, energy worker, healer, uh, channel, I am holding sacred space in that group and, um, there will be energy healing as well. So it is a soul level alchemical container. Uh, definitely not for everyone, but if you are, ready. Like, you know that it is time to heal the relationship with the masculine on all levels, masculine within, masculine in relationships with men, and masculine divine, um, and really looking to experience union in the the space of the heart um, and not always making it about men because we tend to repeat these scenarios or situations with men that, um, you know, just they happen because of our wounding. Like, let's just be honest. Let's just be honest. Um, and so this is moving beyond that and then also experiencing the frequencies of union and the masculine that we just haven't known yet. And this is this King consciousness, this Christ consciousness. And I've been, um, really being with us for, um, the last few months of this year, probably February, March, it really began to come in and this King Consciousness said, and now you will um, hold this group, uh, like I've said before. And it was a surprise to me. And so I've been walking uh, with these teachings and experience and this frequency, and it's so beautiful. And I know that this group, this is like the truth bumps are coming out on me as I say this, this group will be a catalyst. It's like a once in a lifetime catalyst opportunity for those of you that do join it. Um, you know, we are over having this negative and traumatized relationship with the masculine. And so let's move through it. We want to move through it. We want to be the women who are here as the embodiment of the true unity consciousness, the feminine masculine consciousness, the sacred, um, the Holy mother, the Holy father, you know, the, the divine union. We want to know that be that, and that's what we came for. So, um, this is very exciting. So fall in love with the King begins July 22nd. So please uh, contact me and schedule. We have a little conversation, like an application interview, and that will, um, 
be happening very soon. So I look forward to talking with you. I look forward to sharing this episode with you. I'm going to pause there for now. So much love to all of you. So much love. Happy summer solstice. I hope that it is off to an amazing start. Um, And so much love. Sarah Grady is a former child and family psychotherapist turned doula and divine feminine catalyst. Her greatest passion is showing up in service to women and supporting them in accessing the wisdom of their bodies. She is a certified holistic birth and postpartum doula, a trained theater artist, a dancer, and a yogi. Sarah holds deeply embodied space for self-expression and self-acceptance. Also trained in shamanic energy healing, Sarah values a holistic approach to birth work and women's work that is inclusive of each client's physical, emotional, cultural, and spiritual expressions. Whether holding space for birth, movement classes, one-on-one personal healing sessions, or women's groups, Sarah's prayer is that every woman and every body gets to feel safe, joyful, and empowered. You can visit her website at birthofaqueen.com. I recommend it. It's so gorgeous. And uh, find her on Instagram at Sarah Brianne Grady. Hello, Sarah, and welcome back to the Sacred Remembering Podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Sarah. It feels so good to be back here. You, I believe, are our only repeat guest. Get out. (laughs) (laughs) What an honor. (laughs) And I'm like, how did it take so long? Like, here we are. I think it's been over a year, and um, I love our conversations so, so much. So I really look forward to just flowing and sharing with the audience today. Mm. Our first podcast was episode 12 in case anyone wants to go back. And I totally recommend it because I re-listened to it this morning and it was on um, body sensations and knowing the truth of the body. And you are such an embodiment queen. And um, (laughs) so really recommend everyone to go back and listen to that. But yeah, let's start with some updates. You just moved, you're writing a book. Talk to us. Yes. Uh, Well, So in that vein of embodiment, um, about a year ago, I was, well, over a year ago, I was supposed to be in Ireland. And then with the pandemic, you know, my trip got canceled, but I still had time off from work. I was still dueling at that time. And so I hopped in the car and I drove down to Savannah, Georgia for the very first time ever, Mm. which is wild because I grew up in North Carolina. Um, but even though I grew up in the South, my parents were Yankees. So Mm, mm. vacation, summer vacation was New Jersey, (laughs) New York Mm -hmm. city. You know what I mean? Um, and so I drove down with two intentions, one to visit uh, a cousin who had recently moved here. And then two to start writing my book. And when I rolled into town, Sarah, it was the most visceral experience I'd ever had of home. Mm. And I just wept. It was like my whole body. I had the chills and the tingles and the hairs standing up and my heart pounding fast. And like the smell in the air of the sweet, hot, humid, Georgia air, uh, the salt because yeah. Tybee Island's only like 20 minutes away. And, um, and then these 
Spanish moss covered ancient oak trees. Mm. I was catapulted into like a complete second chakra awakening. Amazing. Yeah. Yes. You want to live in a place like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Where like every house is some incredible old Victorian with gorgeous clawfoot bathtubs and everybody wow. has a fabulous cocktail. And I'm like, oh, okay. And to me, um, why this was significant is because I think the last time we talked, I had already started my business queen. Um, and I was talking about the seven sacraments of the goddess um, but I hadn't started writing the book and I hadn't launched the online business yet, yet all of which is in process now. Mm-hmm. And so when I was really thinking about these seven sacraments, which are so rooted in embodiment, they're so rooted in how to have an earthly experience of reclaiming a sacred, sensual, sovereign life. I was literally for the first time ever standing in a city that reflected that back. Beautiful. Yeah. Amazing. And now you live there. And now I live here. I was like, (laughs) so, I mean, truth be told, I did start writing my book that weekend and um, drove down every six weeks after that to just Mm -hmm. be in the energy of it because it's where I was getting so inspired on every creative level. It's also where like my nervous system felt most at ease. Beautiful. was really key during this past year of pandemic. And so after a full year of literally driving here every six weeks, I was like, well, this is silly. Let me just move. So I'm here and it feels like a true homecoming. Amazing. And it's just been a few weeks. And so you're, you're in it right now. You moved like in this, this eclipse season that we're in. I did. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So yeah, I want to, yes, we're recording this during the eclipse season. And um, I feel like what, what listeners are going to get today is just a real honest conversation between two women and friends and sisters who are in process all over the place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. Good. Um, okay. So what comes up after hearing you talk about Savannah and the second chakra um, activation and writing this book, Seven Sacraments of the Goddess, before we hit record, we were talking about this word goddess and how, you know, it has a very spiritual tilt to it and many different associations. And um, what what I know about you is, again, you're the embodiment queen. <laughs> and and so, I mean, just people should, you know, look at your Instagram, like it's all about the body and what the sensations are telling you and the dancing and the, the sacredness brought into the physical form. So let's jam on that for, for a bit. Um, how the sec- seven sacraments of the goddess, I think you used the word practical before we, um, hit record and I'm constantly saying practical magic and you know my (laughs) business name is embodied breath and so it's like yes we're talking about the merging of spirit and matter um, of heaven and earth of masculine and feminine and so how is that present in your book seven sacraments of the goddess Um, you know, what does goddess mean to you and how is this really about women bringing this the word that's coming up is like ancient, these, this ancient wisdom restored inside the human body, the female body. 
Mm. Thank you for that question. Mm -hmm. Yes. So for the listeners that didn't listen to the first podcast, I'll just share briefly that how the sacraments of the goddess came to me um, was through pure download and channel. I was um, about to, you know, have a major life transition and (laughs) this beautiful elder at a priestess temple in Berkeley, California that I used to work at, he came to me right before I moved back to the East Coast and he was like, Sister Sarah, I just want to bless you up and say thank you for all the work that you've done here. And in that moment, what happened was he really asked me about my spiritual journey for the first time in like two years. And I, I shared my journey with him of having grown up with an Irish Catholic mother and an atheist father and always knowing from a young age that there was something larger at play. And I knew how to connect to it through feeling, through sensation. Um, but it didn't, none of the language in the Catholic church felt even remotely close to what I was feeling when I was experiencing what I would now call God. And um, so I told him about my journey to find God and goddess (laughs) uh, within and without. And um, at the end of this share, he basically just looked at me and put a hand on my shoulder like he was anointing me and said, well, Sister Sarah, my prayer for you is that as you make this transition back to the East Coast, that you allow yourself to fully release the sacraments of Catholicism and kind of Mm -hmm. that energy grid that didn't serve you. And you come to know, embody, learn, and teach the sacraments of the goddess. Wow. Yeah. And it just was one of those like chills up my spine kind of moments. And And I knew in that moment what was happening, like that that man was just the messenger, like for God, God is source creator speaking through him, giving me like my life's work. Yeah. So amazing. Wow. Yeah. I heard that story before. So thank you. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's um, kind of a longer detailed version of that on my website, but um in a nutshell, that's what it was. And so he sent me off to the East coast and I really knew like, okay, I'm going to open myself up to receive whatever these are. And the word goddess felt significant because a huge part of my healing journey spiritually, but otherwise was coming to know um, God in female form from all these different um, religions and wisdom traditions and, um, I'm Irish on both sides, so kind of diving into my own Celtic lineage of spirituality and finding out that all of these badass women <laughs> were highly revered spiritually. And in fact, they still are in Ireland through the Celtic turning of the wheel. Mm. Mm. So there was a deep experience of reclamation that happened for me when I understood that God also came in a female form. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when I received what these sacraments were, um, I really opened up sacred space and went into deep meditation. And I invited whoever wanted to be there to be my guides, to help bring them through, to show up. Um, Because I knew it wasn't something I was creating. It was something larger than me. And um, immediately who showed up was Mary Magdalene. And she, like a dear, dear, dear friend, she just showed up at the front of my heart 
and mother Mary and her frequency showed up at the back of my heart just to kind of help hold space. Um, but it was the Magdalene who spoke directly to me and what she said was, I'm going to give you these sacraments. They are ancient ways of being resurrected for the modern day. So I loved that you were feeling that ancient energy, Sarah. And she said, but because of the world you live in, they're not easy. So they may sound really simple when you write them down, but they're not easy um, because of what has happened. And so in the span of like 30 minutes, she downloaded them into me and I wrote them down in my journal and she let me know that they correlated to the seven main chakras in the body, starting from the root chakra mm-hmm. up to the crown. She said, but you cannot talk about these. You cannot go teach them. You have to go out and live them. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, we'll let you know when it's time to teach. And I was like, okay. And she sent me on my merry way. And then the like, you know, full-fledged initiations began. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like you do. Um, And so, you know, the name Sacraments of the Goddess was, it was given to me, you know, it was kind of dubbed to me via this elder back in Berkeley, California. But then also when the Magdalene came to me, she was like, yeah, these are the seven sacraments of the goddess. Um, So I don't feel like to change that language but for me to more so understand in human form the power of language and what that means and how I embody it in my own life and how I help um, teach it to other people. So, right, right. And we're going to just, I'm planting the seed that we're going to talk in this podcast about um, how that interplays with the masculine as well. And, you know, so to do this work as women in no way are, is it like anti-man or any ridiculous notion like that, but um, really addressing, um, uh, it's like, it's healing medicine for the feminine and all the feminine has endured. I mean, that's one way I see what you're bringing forward. Um mm you know, as, as a medicine for women, for female bodied people, um, or feminine essenced beings, you know, I'll say on, yes. on the planet, because there's just been so much struggle and, um, pain and depletion. Um, and so this is medicine for that. Would you say? Yes. Thank you. Yeah. And, and we will talk about this more, but I feel like what's come through really strongly for me in the last six months is that it's medicine, of course, for women, but also for male bodied people. And this feels like my contribution to um, unity consciousness within one body and being Mm -hmm. so that we can then spread that out to other bodies and beings around us. Yes. Um, Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Speaking my language, (laughs) not mine, but yeah, same language. Um, So I'm wondering if you want to say anything more about the seven sacraments and, or I know that you Mm -hmm. teach a course on this, Um, you know, where can people find you? Let's just address that um, to the degree that you want to go into it right now. Great. So um, to be clear, when I teach the word 
goddess, I just say is that omniscient presence of God consciousness in female form. So she's just kind of that like ethereal umbrella frequency of the divine uh, in a feminine essence. But we are human beings. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, to walk this earthly plane, we want to figure out how to take that divine feminine essence and root it and ground it into our bodies and into our practical day-to-day lives. And the word that I use for that is queen. Mm. So a queen is a goddess embodied. Mm-hmm. And a priestess or priestessing is an act of devotion to something that you're passionate about. Mm. So you can priestess in the like spiritual or religious sense, you know, like at a temple or in devotion to a certain deity. Um, But you can also priestess your garden. Yeah. You can priestess a really gorgeous meal that you're making on a Sunday with your partner. And you know what I mean? Like, so because I think the words goddess and priestess and and queen, like they can get really lofty and almost cliche. Um, Mm -hmm. And I see a really clear delineation between all of them. And so when I teach this work to women, um, I'm really keen to speak about the frequency of sovereignty that, um, which is why I use the word queen. Mm-hmm. Um, because the seven sacraments of the goddess are, it's not a religion. It is a blueprint, um, for each individual reclaiming from within a sacred, sensual, sovereign life that feels honest and true and good to them. And there's no doctrine in that. It's like, um, a compass pointing them back inside. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And so like all the things, what what I realized in my (laughs) initiatory experience of this work was like, these are seven kind of guiding principles for how to come back into greater balance and harmony within yourself, your relationships and the earth itself. Mm -hmm. Um. But the, the way we do that, the how, those are all of the infinite tools that I've trained in or that I love participating in. So I used to think that the, the Koya dance was the thing or the yoga or the breath work or whatever. And I realized those are just the vehicles and the tools mm-hmm. for how to access each of these governing principles, which are the sacraments. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love, we talked about this on the last episode too, but um, how we pick up those pieces intuitively and we put them in our tool belt and we're teachers for a while and therapists for a while and dancers for a while. And it's like, Oh yes, it was all about sovereignty all along. (laughs) All about coming back to union all along. Um, Oh, so beautiful. I have so many pings happening right now. Um, And I'm going to surprise you, I think with the next topic, but (laughs) such as a conversation among women. Yes. <laughs> um, so 
I have been, and it, this sparked as you're talking about sovereignty and you're talking about the earthly realm and you're talking about queen and mm-hmm. I'm launching a program called fall in love with the king. And I'm getting all these downloads every day about, um, like what is the king and <laughs> what, who are, what are we falling in love with and what does this have to do with the feminine? But where I have been really personally contemplating where my work has been, I've been doing um, this Heartland program that was about, yes, manifestation, but more so than that, like coming into right relationship with our resources in a sustainable way, like healing the depletion of the feminine and the earth. Mm. Um, So I've been really very deeply in this the last six months, writing a book about it myself. Um, so what I want to talk about is the resources, like women's resources, body, energy, and I would say the earth body itself. Um, and I'm just wanting to open that up because I feel like there's a lot of richness here that maybe we can pull forth. And, and I will say too, that I have had to, heal. This is my initiatory work, especially here in this um, eclipse portal. I have to heal any place where I am fearful that my resources can be depleted um, by a man or by society or patriarchy or some notion like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to heal the spaces that are self-protective because of you know, millennia and genetics of, you know, (laughs) patriarchy and, and suppression, like the suppression of the feminine. Here you are talking about this seven sacraments of the goddess is bringing the, the feminine back. So yeah. Can we talk about resources? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Okay, Great. I'm just going to pass it over to you because that's what I'm planting. And then I want to see what grows. Yes. (laughs) Yes. No, I love this so much. Um, because the seventh sacrament I often teach is a mindset shift from scarcity to abundance. Yeah. But actually, if I'm to really examine it right now and be honest, the entire system of the sacraments of the goddess is a, is a shift from scarcity to abundance. Mm -hmm. And as I hear you reflect your own experience, what I mean is, you know, the patriarchal system has created this uh, real lived experience and also this energetic experience of rape and pillage. We just take without asking whether it's, um, you know, explicitly sexually from someone or energetically siphoning or taking monetary resources from somebody. Um, or of course, all the things that we have done to the earth and her resources. There's and for people that have been listening, I've been calling that the consumer program. Great. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So running that consumer programming, um, there's not reciprocity in that programming, obviously. And so to be on the, on the end of that consumer programming, where you're the one being taken from, you're the one being siphoned, you're the one being disrespected, um, obviously creates a deep grid of scarcity of like, oh my God, I can't have enough. I'm not enough. There's never enough because it's always being taken from me. And there's all these funky ways in which um, women and men then play that energetic out. 
And, um, you know, I'll just speak briefly to my own lineage of being Irish is just that programming of being like the quote unquote poor Irish slob and like the immigrant program. And we just have to work harder Mm -hmm. and not necessarily, you know, work smarter. Um, We should just be lucky to have what we have. Like, Mm -hmm there's never going to be enough because that famine shit is still (laughs) embedded in our cells somewhere. And, um, and so the number one behavior that I see come out of that, like in my own family lineage, but then in so many other women is like racing in life, just hustling and like, um, like backbreaking pace of life. And so we're depleting our own energetic resources because we never fucking stop. We just keep going and pushing and doing and making because we don't know at a root core level that the universe is abundant and that we're allowed to experience that abundance without feeling like the other shoe is going to drop. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw that you posted that on Instagram the other day. The other shoe is not going to drop. (laughs) yeah it's not but it's not only because I say it's not and that's Mm. that's the flip switch is like we as sovereign beings have to claim the experience that we want to have and we can either nurse a wound again and again and again Mm. or stay in a trauma loop over and over and over i.e stay in some sort of victim frequency or we can choose something differently and I'm not saying that that's easy by any means. Mm-mm. Yeah, um, right. I think we get really good at healing. I mean, I know I'm guilty of this. I don't like the word guilty, but yeah. um, you know, using it loosely, I I am really good at healing. I am really yeah. good at like <laughs> the thing that's unfolding. Um, really good at that. And yeah, and and so that's definitely a part of what is unfolding right now with this thing about resources. Because the other thing that I think we do, you were naming the hustle. The -hmm. other thing that I have definitely done is we begin to defend. Yeah. You know, once we're like, oh, I am fucking sick of being depleted. Mm -hmm. Then we begin to defend. And when Mm -hmm. we're defending against one thing, like men, Mm -hmm. then we're defending against life itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With the resources coming from anywhere. Yes. Yeah. And so like, as you say that the two things that come up for me is, um, you know, the first sacrament of the goddess is slow down, comma, slow way down, (laughs) which is uniquely feminine in its lens, um, to understand that we can slow down and like the world doesn't stop. (laughs) We can understand that in our rest, that's actually when the greatest ideas and abundance can come through to us and like fill in the blank. Um, When we're slowed down, we're not in a defensive mode. We're in a receptive mode. And so the irony is that we keep like pushing and hustling and doing and making, thinking that that's the frequency that we're going to receive resources from. Right. And it's, not i mean you can get some right but yeah, like, well, I was say, like that's the way to ensure that something comes through something yes right? right and in the sacraments of the goddess what i would say is that that, that energy if if the resources are going to be sustainable 
over time, that energy has to be balanced out with the opposite. And so knowing how to discern when is it time to rest and when is it time to take action instead of just being in perpetual action. Yes. Right. Because, okay, so this is beautiful. The word sustainable is such a part of Heartland and um, there's another program coming through for female spiritual entrepreneurs in years one through three. And that program is called sustain. Mm, Of course. (laughs) Yeah. Right. That'll be here probably in the fall. Mm -hmm. Um, And because there is like, there's this feast or famine that I have definitely experienced. And I think we experience as women when we're trying out, it's like, I'm, I'm looking at it like, okay, there, there's this wisdom, like the seven sacraments of the goddess about coming into the embodied feminine and really anchoring these frequencies on the planet and interacting with the masculine in a way, but you can't interact with the masculine in a way where you're like truly, truly receiving until you've anchored these feminine principles mm-hmm. um, and and healed any fear of not anchoring them. Mm-hmm. Yes. And <laughs> we'll just keep the synchronicities coming with language here because what I literally wrote down as you were speaking was stay in the heart. Yes. And you have this program Heartland and yes. like the only way we can ensure that we're not in a defensive mode, a protective mode, um, particularly with the masculine is to be anchored in our heart and to be anchored in the heart is so vulnerable when that heart has been on the chopping block for 2000 years and it hasn't right. necessarily gone in our favor. <laughs> right. right. However, right. if we don't choose that, then that energetic can't come find us. It can't meet us. Yes. And what I've noticed um, is that the more and more I anchor in the first three sacraments, which really get you solid in just the core of who you are unapologetically. And then I take that truth and that knowing right up into the heart, which we call the heart compass. I have had more male-bodied people flood my reality in the last three years that are fucking incredible human beings Mm. that are completely rewriting my narrative around men and the masculine yes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and my relationship to them yeah yeah and what I notice is that that is all possible not just because I'm in my heart but so are they and so somewhere along the way we all decided Mm. that we were going to let go of this old patriarchal consumer program and we were going to show up for something different Mm -hmm. and it's all in the heart yeah yeah it's all in the heart so this is so good. Um, before before we hit record, we were talking about language and you know goddess versus solar feminine and and these different words. And as we're talking, I just I'm like, you know, it's all language. It's like tools to get to these concepts that um, really need embodiment because when we're embodying them, we're anchoring the frequencies to the planet and we're changing the world. Mm -hmm. That being said, I think I want to return to this concept of solar feminine for a moment because there was something we were saying a moment ago where when you get beyond the trauma, you know, so 
in thousands of years of patriarchy and women's resources being depleted and the feminine being siphoned for other uses and things like that, it's like that feminine was always dependent on what was happening externally. Mm-hmm. That feminine was in trauma response. That feminine was defensive. That's what we're healing now. And the solar feminine, as I see it in theory, is when um, the feminine is no longer affiliated with a trauma or re- reactivity um, frequency or a victimization or a fear of being consumed, all of those things. And there, she knows that she's sovereign mm-hmm. to that, to that point of sovereignty. She knows that she's sovereign. And then in her relating with men, um, you know, whether or not the man has recognized God, whether the man has come back to his heart perfectly, whether the man is practicing all of the things, um, you know, and healing the patriarchy, right? Because I think that awakening women can really be very um, <laughs> scrupulous of yeah. men, you know, like, well, they're not getting it yet. They don't understand it yet. But most of that I found in my own experience is actually a defense because we're not in that sovereignty. And so my next, um, we're recording this, but the next podcast episode that releases is going to be about managing men and why we do it. (laughs) Uh, And so that will already be out by the time this one comes out. Um, But I'm kind of winding all over here, but to come back to saying like, when we know this frequency of feminine embodiment and in the heart, Mm -hmm. And yes, we've done a fuck ton of trauma healing by the time this happens and, you know, picked apart those family pieces. And, Mm -hmm. and when we're standing there, then I've said it before, but it's like men get to be men. People get to be people. Nobody is determining who you are anymore. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you are shining your light and impacting the world in that way. And then we can go into talking about men, but I'll pause there. (laughs) (laughs) I love this so much. I love this so much because, and it keeps coming back to like scarcity and abundance. Cause I'm, I literally have this visual of who the solar feminine is and like just standing, like dripping in golden energy, um, in her own sovereignty. And she's so clear and solid. Like there's a real solidity about her, mm-hmm. um, in her own energy that she's not dependent on anyone around her to be anything for her. Yes. And I love that you just said gold because I see the Christ frequency as a gold frequency when I Mm. close my eyes and tune into that. (laughs) And so, you know, for eons, not eons, but for decades of feminism, there has been this prolific, um, I'll say like a fight energy, you know, which comes from a victim energy. Like I can Mm -hmm. be taken down by something. And so I have to fight. So we've equated culturally feminism with defensiveness. Mm -hmm. And this is very, very different. I want people to hear that, that this is not defensiveness. This is like this solar feminine, this goddess embodied. um, I would say this Magdalene, this, this feminine Christ, she is running a Christ current. That's how I talk about it. 
She's mm-hmm. running a Christ current in that sovereignty. And so there's like, there's just zero question about who she is. She doesn't have to defend it whatsoever. Yes, 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 yes to all of that. And so therefore, like other people can enter into her field of energy. She's not closed off. She's not defensive. Like you were saying, there is an openness, um, but she's really clear in her boundaries. What is a yes? What is a no? And like from a deep abiding self-love. Yeah. And I think when, when a woman is fully rooted in her solar feminine or in my language, when she's really practicing the sacraments of the goddess, um, she makes radically different choices in her life. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I'm going to have to take this job because this is the only one that showed up and I need to pay my bills. And so even though it's not fully in alignment, like this must be the thing I have to do. Or, oh, well, this guy is kind of an asshole and I see some red flags, but he's the one showing up. So like, I might as well. I'm so hungry for love and touch. So let me take him. Or, you know, fill in the blank. There is that like, (gasps) you know, the in-breath gets contracted, which is like a trauma response, right? Like Mm -hmm. I have to, all of that melts when a woman or a man for that matter slows down to register what is actually true for them. Mm -hmm. What is a yes? What is a no? What comes in? What stays out? And like that kind of discernment and then the taking action from that place around either um, accepting offers or declining them or setting certain boundaries energetically or physically or what have you sends such a prolific energy signature out to the universe. It says, I know who I am and what I'm worthy of. Right. Right. Beautiful. Um, yeah. And this is, this is so much the frequency of fall in love with the King. I know it's a frequency of your offerings as well, because <laughs> then we are relating to men much differently, but what yeah. I'm actually called to do right now, cause we just said a bunch of really smart sounding stuff. <laughs> um, and now I want to own our humanity. Um, yeah. if you're okay with that, <laughs> please. <laughs> Um, completely because, you know, I'm, I'm like, yes, you know, I know these things and I, um, sit in meditation and, and, you know, (laughs) work with my frequency around these things. And then with men, I still have to practice like being in the embodiment. And it is with men, some, a little bit with like business and money, Mm-hmm. with um you know confidence pieces things like that like being a woman in the world um like a an entrepreneur a solo entrepreneur you know even those words don't even feel right anymore but yeah. again eclipse portal we're in it um <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah let's let's talk about because I know you and I in preparation for this we're talking about how we have been noticing some familial patterning coming up and uh, getting in the way of conscious relationships. And so I think it would be awesome just because I love to keep this podcast and life itself real to talk about like as a woman, some of the things that we're navigating in putting this into practice, um, maybe in relationships. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Cool. Yeah. And I can go first if you don't want to, I don't want to put you on the spot, <laughs> so whatever you think. Yeah. Well, no, I'm happy to go first. Um, because what is immediately coming up for me is um, my relationship with my father mm-hmm. and, um, without going into too much detail, like we kind of got into a tiff the other week and what I realized was happening is that, um, you know, he runs such an intellectual program. Oh yes. You know, like he comes from that era, he's a baby boomer and like comes from that area era that, um, what is of highest value is intellect and academia and debate as the baseline for conversation and uh, facts and figures and data and being able to prove something and science and all of it. It's so in his head. And my dad loves the shit out of me. He would do anything for me. He has the biggest heart in the world, but he actually doesn't know how to live there. It's terrifying for him. Mm -hmm. And here I am, I was such a good little girl and I went through all this higher education and I have a master's degree and I'm like pretty fucking sharp. And I can say that about myself. Um, but staying in that frequency for me, um, is what burnt me out by age 30. Yeah. And so I've been on a massive healing journey to drop out of head and into heart. And I would say in a female body, both my high heart Um, and my low heart of my womb space Mm. and going on that journey has not only healed me physically and emotionally and energetically, but like, um, I'm just happier. (laughs) Like I just, I'm happier and I have more joy and the way I relate to people is so much more, um, easeful, including other men. And so, but it's hard to go back into these dynamics with family where they either don't value that journey of head to heart, um, but more so like they don't have the tools and the practices that I have and they're not actively seeking them out. And the way I live my life and my level of happiness, um, consciously or unconsciously, I witness is somehow like a direct threat and judgment to Mm -hmm. the way they live their lives. Mm -hmm. Like, how dare you get to be Mm. so much less stressed out about your life than I am? (laughs) You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. So there's, I just witness, you know, uh, like we can do all of this growth work and then we go back to a family holiday and it's like, shit, have I learned anything? <laughs> you know, because it's just triggers left and right. And it's like the ultimate workshop to go mm-hmm. back to be with family and see like, where can I put these things into practice? Um, and I think what I've come to in all of that is that ultimately love lets go. And, um, for me, like letting go of what I wish or hope that certain people in my life could be in order to just see them for what they are so that I stop nursing a scarcity wound of like, why aren't they loving me? Why aren't they seeing me? Why aren't they like meeting me in this way? And like, instead just go, Hey, I love you. I'm going to look 45 degrees (laughs) over here to see where all the people who do love me and do meet me and can be in my heart are at. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that is a constant practice, Sarah. Mm. So I'm right there with you. And I'm attuning to the listeners right now. And I want to say that as women are reclaiming and remembering and the people in your lives don't understand any way at all that you are, you know, being with that right now is fine because this is such an evolutionary journey. And so like, if you are upset about it today, okay. If you have just yelled at somebody today, okay. Like self-acceptance, self-acceptance continued. Um, and so, you know, I, I work with a lot of women who are in relationship angst with men. And so, yes, we can talk about relationship angst with parents, um, with siblings, with men, and you're going through something you're saying, like, I remember that the feminine was always supposed to be um, equal to was always supposed to be more is this glorious thing. And I'm going to remember it and reclaim it. And I'm bringing these energies back into my life. For sure, there are going to be people in your lives that don't get that and aren't on the same path. And then what? And so self-acceptance and, um, you know, you said the word boundaries, I think like boundaries and knowing your clarity, working on filling yourself up. I'm just kind of riffing Mm -hmm. still talking to the audience right now, like filling yourself up on you, on things like the seven sacraments of the goddess on, you know, your personal truth and claiming that. And anyway, resourcing and just knowing that like it does, it gets easier has been my experience. And I'm just now in this turning point because quite frankly, there's been a lot of loss. There has been a yeah. lot of loss on my journey yeah. um, and my journey of, of really standing in my truth. And one major thing going on even this month is this grace around what has been lost and looking at how I had taken on a part of my identity as like, huh, gotta survive another thing, you know, <laughs> um, gotta survive another relationship loss, gotta be the tough one. And just really being like, you know what? I did not do this so that I could be in that kind of frequency. I did this so that I could be in joy and be in the frequency of truth and the truth of who I am. And so mm-hmm. really allowing myself to be in the joy of who I am, even though those people around me just don't get it sometimes. So. Yes. I'm like all sorts of finger snaps and head nods over here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And what I just kept like hearing, um, because I've also experienced a lot of loss too. It's like kind of that metaphor of like, okay, well, I can be in partnership with somebody and feel so alone. Yeah. Even though there's somebody next to me, right? But that thing is wildly out of alignment, but at least I've got someone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or I can stand sovereignly in the truth of who I am and what I know and what feels honest for me. And that might mean there's a risk of loss. Yeah. But when I stand in the spaciousness of that, 
like I can sleep with myself at night. <laughs> we are resourced. Yeah. We are resourced. Yeah, deeply. And so I don't worry. I'm like, I'd rather be quote unquote alone or single um, and feel like I'm walking my truth as best I can every day. No one's perfect, right? It's such a practice. Um, and as that, I can trust whoever does come into my life is here to walk that with me. Um, and that people, places, and things that are falling away, I can, as they fall away, I can allow myself the grace of the, the grief process. Um, and part of that grieving process is to also say thank you. Thank you for pointing me in the direction of my truth more and more and more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so much. Like, yes, life is uh, a honing. <laughs> yeah. Continual honing. Um, okay. Yes. And I want to add something. I want to. Okay. We are talking about goddess work, queen work, priestess work. We are talking mm-hmm. about living the embodiment of the remembrance of the feminine coming back into union with the masculine, I would say within first, right? Within God. And then I'm talking about relationally with men. So here's the thing is that, okay, I've done all this work. I, you know, I consider partnership with a man hypothetically at this point, I don't actually expect them to get it. I don't expect them to get it. I do not. I I don't expect them to understand the depth of what I have encountered. Like my soul is vast. I have done a lot of work. And so I actually don't expect at this point in time, a man to understand what I have been through. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that this is where some of that priestess work actually comes in. And this is what we're doing in Fall in Love with the King. And I really haven't spoken a lot about these things publicly yet. So this is kind of exciting. (laughs) But there is a priestess application Mm. in relationships with men. For sure. For sure. And so... I don't expect men to get it. I do expect them to like be on their own journey to be, you know, coming into their heart. I expect reverence. I don't expect them to get it. I do expect to some degree that I'm going to need to priestess. Can you say your definition of priestess again, actually? It is the act of devotion towards something you are passionate about. Yeah. So if women listening are passionate about relationship, I mean, I'm personally passionate about oh, human. Oh, hell connection. yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Right. And so we need to be in devotion to that. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like we need to be in devotion, willingness to be in devotion to men and to lifting up men and loving men. Not being back here on, like a queen doesn't sit on her throne to me, a divine feminine queen doesn't sit on her throne and say, well, I'm sorry, Mr. Man, you don't understand yet. (laughs) No, not at all. She's just a queen. And then everything else kind of organizes around that. Meaning like she's not holding bitterness or anger or rancor in her system. She's holding the frequency that she wants to be met in. That doesn't mean that whoever comes into her field understands everything down to the minutia of what enabled her to hold that frequency. Right, right. 
they just meet her in that. And I like, Mm -hmm. I love what you were saying about like, I don't expect a man to understand the depths of what I've been through. And I would say like, great, like we shouldn't, (laughs) like, you know, and like vice versa. It's actually not about like uh, what my guys are showing me right now is that image of an iceberg. Like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all we've done to get to the moment of meeting that man, that's what's underneath in the ocean, right? The tip of that iceberg is what we are meeting at and relating with. And so like when I am relating to a man that I'm, I'm dating and not talking about all of the trauma that I've healed or like all the visions and downloads that I just got in my meditation yesterday, like, um, like what I'm tracking is, is there mutuality and respect in this conversation? Is he just as curious about me as I am about him? Are we both, um, Uh are we listening to each other? Are we talking over each other? Um, And does he know how to meet me more often than not, like from a heart-centered space? And we could be talking about like a cartoon. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily what is the content, but it's the how. And if there's like a solid infinity loop of give and take and respect and curiosity and kind of that devotion or that commitment to a frequency of reverence and joy and love, then I'm like, this is a man I want to spend my time around. Even if he's like a computer programmer and I don't give a shit about computer programs, you know? For sure. But then let me ask you a question. So let's say it comes down to intimacy and he doesn't really know how to hold the space for you because you know, he grew up in the patriarchy too. And like, we're all learning. Mm. So do you expect that's kind of where I'm saying like, and then a little priestess arts come in. Oh, like, uh huh. Yeah. Do you expect him to know how to show up for you? Cause I think that this is where we, as women, in my opinion, I, I, I think we're going about it wrong with men, like and expecting them to get it, expect how can a man, seriously, how could a man immediately know how to hold space for Sarah fucking Grady. Like, <laughs> like, you're, you're the ocean itself. Like yeah. hold that, you know? And so that's where it's like, you know, do you take it easy on the brother? Do you yeah. like, how do we do that? What do you think? Okay. I love this question for so many reasons. Okay, so, <laughs> so one is I remember calling my healer teacher mentor um, about a year ago, just in absolute despair that I just had this encounter with a certain man in my life. We didn't date for very long, but it was an encounter I'll say. And I, I literally said the same thing to her. I was like, am I always going to have to teach a man how to be in my presence? And she laughed so hard. And she was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> like actually, like if what you're holding uh, is yeah. the, the Magdalene code, Mary Magdalene uh-huh. was the teacher, right? She taught alongside Christ, of course, but like her archetype is the teacher. And here's the thing, Sarah, like you're going to have to hold the door open. For That's them. right. You know, we that are. doesn't mean that you enable their every move. But like, you have to hold the door open and be willing to model a little bit how this goes and how you want to be treated. Now, if you're teaching a man over and over and over again, and he is not picking up what you're putting down, 
that's another conversation. But like, hold the door open. Let him know what it looks like to actively listen to someone or how to respond with compassion. Or even like, honestly, when I'm having sex with a man and I'm like directive and I'm like, hey, I'd really like for you to lick, lick me here or like push me over there or like, I actually just want to be penetrated or whatever. And then like, if a, a man receives that direction, he's like, oh, great. And then he starts to pick up on my cues and what works for me. I'm like, that's energy I can work with. And right. that, that actually feels really empowering to me, Sarah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like work and it doesn't feel like an obligation. It feels like a sacred conversation. That's right. That's right. And I love it because implicitly what you're saying is who you are does not depend on him and what he's doing. Correct. And this is where I will, I, I don't think I ever went and owned my personal human, my humanity. <laughs> um, but this is where I have continually gotten um, tripped up is, well, because um narcissistic father and Mm -hmm. like needing this take it or leave it kind of love. Um, And, you know, I, I have continually, like, just like you were saying earlier, made myself smaller than the man or like, you know, and I think this gets a little convoluted with the submissive feminine and and all of that stuff that's out there. Mm -hmm. And so I tried that on for a while, like, well, if I'm, you know, um, more submissive to his masculine, does that make him rise into his king? No, it doesn't. It does not at all. And so what needed to happen was me realizing um, that wholeness, that resourcefulness, and then also what you're doing, what you're saying about like Mary Magdalene was the ultimate teacher. I've known for years that I'm a temple priestess. I've known for years that I have this lineage um, inside of my soul. And the, but, but the uh, tiredness, like the tiredness yeah. around depletion was so, so prevalent in me. Like, I know I can do this, but I couldn't get back to the point where I was necessarily willing because I had been depleted in these old energetics so many times. And I'm just now coming back um, to, in a little bit of play with a Mm -hmm. man, um, coming back to, there is nothing I can lose here. And it's a gift to presence here and to watch him have these really natural ahas because (laughs) oh my God, that's beautiful. And we're just like, yep. You know, the woman does not need to school the man. She does not need to manage the man. She like, there are the, this priestess art to be in devotion to his evolution. It's like, Oh, you know, I really like it. Like you said, when you penetrate me like this, yeah, energetically or physically, when you kiss me like this, when you, and then he's getting these clues and you're almost like, we're talking about priestess art. So there's magic in this that leads to his next aha that leads to your next healing. And you're leading this like a woman can lead this as sure. This sovereign priestess. Ooh, ooh, ooh. But here's here's the catch. Yes. Yes. 
what we then have to do is allow ourselves to actually receive it. Yes. <laughs> so, right? So, hey, I'd really like for you to penetrate me this way. And then he does. We can't then give him 12 reasons why, well, it wasn't actually what I asked for. And you didn't do it perfectly. Yeah. It wasn't this, that, and the other. Like, homeboy showed up and he gave right. it his best effort. And now you get to keep having a dialogue. And I think that like, this, you know, the feminist perspective has been on such defense. It's like we're holding men to such a high standard. It's actually impossible for them to ever meet us. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have to have some humanity and some grace and some compassion in this process too, you know, and like, let it be messy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, it's this beautiful service from the heart. You know, I want men to light up. Like I want men to feel confident in themselves. I want men to remember their hearts. I want, you know, and so again, discernment, always discernment, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing it and watching it and we do more with grace and generosity as women. Um, And someone I was uh, talking to a woman named Violetta Pleshakova. She has Mm. a podcast and she was a guest on my podcast too. I can't remember which episode. Um, And we were talking about this and it was, she was holding space for me in an energy healing session. And I was working out some of the stuff around resources and depletion and willingness. And she said, you know, remember that as this priestess that you are, when you're serving men, when you're in devotion to men and and the earthly man or the earthly king, um, you are ultimately in devotion and service to God. And Mm. I was like, well, that, my soul needed that, you know, Mm. because I've, I've always known that, like my soul needs that, but that's what I needed to replace the fear of depletion. Mm. They can't, like, I can't possibly be depleted if with every action i am in service to god yeah i'm just letting that sink in yeah and where part of what's coming up for me is i hear you say that having come from the seven sacraments of catholicism where through religion god has been a word really contorted and used for manipulation Uh, To come back into an understanding, um, for me personally, that God is another word for love and Mm -hmm. that there is a masculine solar principle to that love. Mm -hmm. And there's also a feminine solar Mm -hmm. principle to that love. Mm -hmm. And so, but it's all love. It's right. And it's love in union in the heart. Yeah. 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 And I actually say, I don't know if I've ever said this to you, Sarah, but I say mother, father, God. I mean, I'm just saying, yeah. so I don't say God and goddess. I'm just saying mother, father, God. Yes. One, it's a Christosophia. Yes. Giving birth to all creation. Yes. Yes. Well, and it's so interesting because um, I've taken the Awakened, the Illuminated Heart workshops, um, which is the work of Jumbalo Melchizedek. And the main meditation in that work, it's the unity breath consciousness meditation, mm-hmm. <laughs> where what you do is you call upon the frequency of Mother Earth from beneath you and Father Sky from above you. And where do the two meet? In the heart. In the heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And then you are the product of Father Sky and Mother Earth. You are their divine child. Yes. And all you can possibly feel in that space is love. Mm-hmm. And so the technology of the heart is massive. The When I teach the Heart Compass Sacrament, um, I talk about how the electrical component of the heart is 60 times greater than that of the brain. But the actual electromagnetic field that extends from that electrical component is 500 times greater yeah. than that of the brain. So, like, really, y'all, if we're in our hearts genuinely, earnestly, like, we can't go wrong. Yeah. Like, it's quantum, the healing that can happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yes, like, doing the healing, doing whatever it takes to come back to the heart. And Mm -hmm. I remember, I just want to say this for anyone listening who's like, yeah, and the how. Yeah, yeah. You know, wanting that or declaring that or setting that as your intention, like your North Star, like I am going to live in my heart. I remember when I was so traumatized and so like, you know, (laughs) not having any idea how to actually live in the heart. I heard that and I was like, what? Like what? I got so much shit to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet it was that attunement to like, this is truth and I'm going to walk toward it. Mm-hmm. And so when we do that, you know, if you're, if you're listening and you're like, I'm going to walk toward the heart, I'm going to reclaim my feminine. I'm going to, you know, get to the point where I can love men without fearing that they're going to take something from me. Like, all of those are intentions and then you keep walking toward it and it will be yours. You will have it. It it will be. Yes. Yes. And since I love tools and practices as well, (laughs) you know, one of the questions that I will ask in a moment of trauma or trigger is I'll ask my heart, I'll physically, by the way, place both hands on my heart and I'll like rock my heart back and forth and maybe even pat it like a baby's bottom. And like really tend to the inner one and, you know, the little Sarah that's in there and be like, how do you feel? What do you need? Um, But to come back into the heart, I just ask myself, what would love do? Ah, yes. And love will always answer with what is in the highest and best for all involved. And, um, you know, I think the egoic part of us, especially when we feel like we've been slighted or wronged, especially if we're female and the slight has been by a masculine is to like go at them and like roar and this is what you did and you hurt me and you blah 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 blah. and nine times out of ten when I draw back into my heart and I ask what would love do it knows that like the most loving thing I can do is walk away um and come back with something grounded in my heart to say, or maybe not say anything at all, depending upon what the situation is. Yeah. And you do that enough times and watch that alchemize every situation. And it just becomes the way of life. It's like, God, why was I ever (laughs) living up in my like defensive Mm -hmm. ego, trying to prove a point and be right about things when like, actually it's so much easier to just live from the heart. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And lastly, I'll just say is like, as I've walked that path, what I've discovered and directly experienced is more and more that 
men want to do good. They want to meet women. They want to love the shit out of us. And they're so bewildered sometimes by how to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really, really see that men want to. And so can we stay in our hearts and give them the benefit of the doubt and learn how to hold the door open a little bit more and model a little bit more what it is that we want and that we need and then give them the opportunity to meet us there? Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it, it does, it can feel like a feat of strength before it becomes your nature. Yes. Right? Like, 100%. Yeah. 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 So yeah. beautiful. Sarah Grady, I feel like we probably should wrap up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We could talk for hours. So this we is perfect could. for today. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for being here. And please tell people where they can find you. Absolutely. So I am at birthofaqueen.com. Mm. Um, or you can find me on social media at Sarah Brianne Grady, both on Instagram and Facebook. And that's where I really post about all of my sacraments of the goddess work and my courses. And if you're on teachable uh, and you're looking for courses to attend, you can always find me at the house of queen. Mm, Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for the conversation and thank you for shining the light of who you are. Oh, thank you. Like what a joy to have this Mm -hmm. conversation today. Thank you. Yes. Agreed. Thank you. To read my blog, schedule sessions, and to learn more about upcoming group offerings, head to sarahpoet.com. Tailored private mentorships are available for women who are ready to claim their voice and ignite their truth and their unique feminine frequency. I also have advanced programs in rebuilding the energetic architecture of feminine and masculine union within in your divine blueprint. I have an e-course available for couples in the foundations of conscious relating, and I also do private relationship and healing work with couples as well. You can learn more at sarahpoet.com and sign up for a consultation. There is a 77-page ebook for free for you that is on the topic of modern women waking up to feminine and masculine reclamation and reunification that is all yours if you go to sarahpoet.com and sign up for it. And I look forward to sharing that with you. Thank you for being here, and I look forward to hearing from you soon. This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Remember that you are not alone on the sacred path, and women are rising now together. You can visit my website, sarahpoet.com, for more tools and inspiration to support your sacred remembering path. Please be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love to hear from you. Stay connected, and here's to your path of sacred remembering.